the most important part of all of this for me is that it's fun for me and I want it to be fun for everybody else. This is Commonplace, the show about creative people and the things that inspire them. I'm Nathan Thomas. On the show today, we have Erica Lawson, also known as Bunny Money. She's someone whose work, both in music and fashion design, I believe stands out as being some of the most unique and interesting work in the area. Whether it be music like her most recent EP, Get Off My Lawn, or clothing that she designs for her own performances or for artists like Allie Fletcher, Jim Pollock, or Mr. Awful, her work has a distinct feel, and I always know it's a loved by Erica creation just by looking at it. So, without further interruption, here is my conversation with Erica Lawson. I definitely have a hard time keeping up with dropping stuff and having a backlog of stuff and constantly rearranging what songs are going to be on what mixtape and when is this or that going to drop and it's like... So how many mixtapes are you working on at any given moment then? Um, The Get Off My Lawn EP that's dropping like now... Um, I did really quick and it just kind of hit me one day and I was like, you know what, this, this feels like it's happening. I'm going to run with this. But before that, I was already sitting on two unreleased mixtapes and I keep switching stuff around and it's mostly kind of about wanting to get some music videos. And so I keep pushing back releases, trying to sort that out, trying to organize who's yeah. going to shoot what. Yeah. And I'm at a point where I'm needing to expand i'm needing help like especially with the sewing there's just not enough hours in the day and so i used to do all my own video stuff and i'm sitting on you know countless half finished unreleased music videos too and i'm like you know if i get someone else to do the video at least i know someone will finish it by a deadline because if it's all me it's going to keep sliding. Well, a good example of you doing a lot is the On the Couch video where you did a lot of sewing for that for Mr. Awful, but then you were also featured in the song. So yeah, you have a lot of like hands in the, the project on like a multiple fronts. Yeah, that was cool. I'm really still like super excited about the In the Couch song video project. Shout out dylan and good trouble video and getting that going and that was really cool because it was more mr awful's thing to deal with and i got to just show up and do the fun stuff and also a lot of sewing um but that was a really good one it is interesting to me that you do do a lot of the music and fashion kind of on a similar front uh on that part how do you find that these two kind of disciplines intersect and how do they kind of work alongside each other to create the whole of the piece? Oh, um, how fashion and music go together. Well, I certainly really, really like making bunny money show outfits and music video looks and that kind of thing really gets me excited. Um, and 
I think the remix factor, I really want my fashion design stuff to be fun, exciting, and part of the whole culture package. I'm not sure how intensely intertwined they are. I mean, sometimes I'll listen to new beats and feel them out while I'm sewing and something will catch my ear and I'm like, oh, great. Have been listening to Get Off My Lawn kind of extensively in prep. There are two tracks on it where you're, you know, you described them on the SoundCloud as wandering word poems about growing up. And I like how specific they are and how of like very 90s and very like impoverished growing up they are. Where, where did you grow up? Um, I actually spent my early childhood in North Dakota, Minot, and I moved to Huntington the summer before eighth grade, so in middle school. So yeah, the get off my lawn, I wanted to do just a really tight little pocket project concept thing. Just keep it a little weird still. I don't know. Um, But that whole thing kind of came from one day I was just thinking like, what, what did we do before the internet or before computers? Or I'm on my phone all the time. I can't keep up with checking all the apps and the messages and I'm really bad at it and it stresses me out. And I'm like, what, what was life like before this, you know? And it just hit me like, oh my God, we used to spend hours practicing handwriting you know, cursive writing, yeah, lettering, fancy books lettering. In grade school. Yeah, and like calligraphy. And we used to do, you know, things like crumple up a piece of paper and see who could get the softest piece of paper before it started to rip. You know, playing with paper dolls, like yeah. all of these things that are, you know. Not having enough boy Barbie so that you have to do lesbian storylines when you're playing. Yeah, yeah, you know, you make do with what you have and. With the, without the internet, it was, uh, I don't I feel like time moved differently. Part of that's probably also your perception of just life and how the world works as a child. But, um, yeah, I liked just having this kind of flood of 90s memories. And I was like, oh, my God. And I just started writing all this stuff down. Um, and, and I thought it would be cool to put it with hyper pop beats and I've just been doing top line writing with bunny money so I get beats from whoever remotely online or that I know or whatever and then I just put lyrics over top of it and that's fast it's easy it's what I like doing for this pop project right now even though I've done other more intense producing and rock projects and whatever but so I was like okay I'm just doing top line stuff let's find some beats what's going to be fun and Uh, I thought it would be funny to pair these really old, like, oh, my God, she's so old. Like, ah, the 90s. Ah, Why is she singing about listening to Prairie Home Companion over hyper-pop beats? Yeah, exactly. Prairie Home Companion, but put it with hyper-pop beats. And I just liked the total flip-flop opposite end of the interest spectrum of, like, cutting edge internet youth culture yes yes oh my god mind blown oh my god but then you know what do you do when you put it with this verbal 
content and sort of just the mismatch association there I thought would be cool and kind of interesting and um yeah that's what happened what came first for you then kind of like sewing and designing things like that or making music writing poems like what was the earliest you remember doing something creatively probably songwriting I've been writing little songs for a long time way longer than I've been recording anything I grew up in a really intensely musical family, but in the direction of classical music, like NPR life. I spent a lot of my childhood memories just wearing little velvet dresses, going to the opera, like are some of my earliest memories and things. And so we've kind of gone in a different direction than that. But uh, I played the violin growing up and was pushed to go in a pretty intensely competitive academic direction. I'd have to like memorize a lot of sheet music and go play it at competitions. And um, so I think my you know, musical knowledge of what makes sense for balancing musical phrases or patterns or how to do pitches and rhythms and things like came in. But I wouldn't say that I felt like a very creative person or that it was necessarily a very creative outlet. It was kind of just like an activity that has informed a lot of what I ultimately ended up making fun. My sewing stuff was early. Like I remember my mom would make clothes for my Barbies and I liked knitting sweaters for my beanie babies and, you know, little kids stuff. And uh, my mom was great, always wanted to do homemade, really nice Halloween costumes, and that was kind of an annual thing I looked forward to, and from that started getting more interested in sewing, and my sewing thing really clicked into kind of higher gear in high school, because, you know, we live in West Virginia, prom, homecoming, dresses, you know, the expectation is to, to go, like, pretty pretty all out you know mega glam especially maybe things are calming down now and with social media getting a little more like trendy cool or whatever but especially when I was in school it was like go big or go home crazy <laughs> you know and so I just wanted to have glamorous fun party dresses for these big school events and my mom was like you're gonna wear it once this is stupid like I'm not going to spend $300 on you're in high school, especially as like a sophomore or something like get over yourself. And so um, that's when I decided to start making my dresses. And so I started sewing and getting really excited. And that TV show Project Runway came on when I was in high school. And that was still when things were like appointment TV, you know, you couldn't watch it later or whatever. You had to be there. I remember just scrambling to get home, get my little notebook out and I would draw along with whatever their challenge of the week was. And um, so, yeah, high school is kind of when the sewing thing really ramped up. That reminds me of sort of the sweet 16 dress culture on that one mtv show and just how important like the big flashy dress is yes yes big time glamour super loud i always wanted things like peacock feathers and all this stuff and very like bright and colorful oh yeah just 
obnoxious, metallic, like whatever. Are you the type of performer when you're doing bunny money shows that you don't want to repeat the same outfit too many times? Unfortunately, yes. I'm toxic and I hate repeating outfits like that. (laughs) It's bad. I have a pretty big closet section growing. Um, I will mix things up, but I don't know. Maybe if I was going on like a, a tour. Yeah, like a tour or something, I would repeat outfits or take a lot of stuff I've worn before. But I like having something different or I try to do it for the event like the we had a Mr. Awful and Friends Valentine's Day show and so I wanted a really super pink you know themed out outfit and stuff like for the Christmas show I made like a little Christmas outfit and so I like the little design challenge of not just bunny money but bunny money for this exact event or this exact scenario or whatever it's one of those things that kind of does a lot for placemaking with the event and makes it feel more amplified if you're an audience member and you're like, oh, did she make this just for this? It's very in tune <laughs> with the lineup and the venue and everything. So it really it helps tie things together presentation-wise. Oh, fabulous. Yeah, that's definitely my goal, so... I'm glad when I can pull it off. I don't know what I'm going to wear for the next show. I'm freaking out a little bit. I wore, I made an outfit, but I think it's a little too scandalous to wear in public. And so it might just be for like photos. I'm also very functional. Like I think it's hard to wear something like a corset and breathe really well. And I'm running around a lot. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Which is all the more reason for people to keep coming to Bunny Money shows. True, true. An element of surprise for everyone, including me. You don't know the set list. You don't know what Bunny Money's going to wear. <laughs> you <laughs> don't know who will show up because you're very intertwined with the uh, the Mr. Awful and Friends. It's safe to say you are very much a part of and Friends. Yeah. So you don't know if Mr. Awful will show up. I'm trying to remember where I first caught wind of what you were doing and I think it was just seeing an Instagram story from Rebecca Fitzgerald's birthday party at um at uh uh, the woods yeah and I don't know why I hadn't found out about you before then I've been in town a while but that's when it kind of clicked of like, oh, this is interesting. This is out there and like a real camp kind of. It, you do a thing that I don't think a lot of people in town have tried, at least in the artistic scene. So you do stand out. And the video was of the, um, I don't want to say like spoken word section, but the kind of, yeah, spoken word part of uh, Tonight I'll Be in Hun. Oh, yeah. Uh, And it immediately clicked in this, like, oh, this is different. This is interesting. I need to know everything about this right now sort of way. Thank you. That was um, such a super fun one. That was uh, great doing Becca's party. I did balloon animals. And, um, yeah, I've only been back in Huntington since last july and things have just been rolling and going and 
I don't know. It's been a lot of fun. So what drove you to come back here? Was it job opportunities or just needing to go somewhere different during COVID? Or like what drew you coming back home? And then where did you go? Oh, um, I really spent the heavy lockdown portion of COVID living just outside of Fayetteville on my friend's farm. She has a few horses and big dogs and stuff. And I had been, I didn't end up teaching this last year. We didn't end up uh, sorting out a contract agreement, but I had been adjunct teaching at Marshall in the art department and before that journalism a little doing digital art, digital media, basically teaching video editing kinds of topics. Um, And so it was one fall. With adjuncts, they take a really long time to sort out um, bringing you on. Like having two weeks notice before the start of a semester is like a long time for me. And so I'd been... It was before the pandemic even happened, but fall semester had ended, and I was like, nah, I'm just hanging out, yay, well, whatever. And my friend was like, oh, my God, come live on my farm. And I thought I was just going to go out there for, like, a month or two until I assumed the next semester would start, and I'd be back in Huntington anyway and whatever. <laughs> and um, I w- ended up only teaching, like, two days a week, and so I would live there and then drive in for, like, a couple months, and then the pandemic hit, and then everyone got sent home from school and stuff, and I was like, I love the farm. The farm is great and stuff, and um, then last summer, pandemic things were kind of loosening up, lightening up, was still in talks of what I might do for the fall and just felt like the right time to come back and my friend has actually ended up moving and got a new job out of state and things and it was kind of just a time of shift it was the right time to shift it's one of those it kind of felt like a natural change yeah yeah and she got a new really really big puppy and I have a very tiny dog and it's really hard to have so many dogs and train a new puppy and all this stuff. While you're on a horse farm. Yeah. And I was like, "Eh, this is too much. When things started locking down, were you the type that did you like dive into any new sort of creative projects or did you kind of just take it easy and kind of, uh, I don't want to say like sit and like, worry of whatever was going to happen because there was a certain like thing in the air of like we don't know what's happening um and you know I didn't get a lot accomplished I kind of just hung around but then again I never quarantined or worked from home if anything I had to work more because of it so that sucks yeah um well quarantine was stressful while I was teaching because um, as a new professor it's really hard to prepare and gather all of your materials and all of your lessons and stuff anyway and then 
to shift from in-person to online remote teaching just made a lot of things like screen sharing like really different and like zoom's awesome now but in the first month and a half of the pandemic like it was a little shaky you know i think a lot of these services um you know i guess it's a good thing that we live in the times we do with internet access and things but if this level pandemic had happened 20 years prior you know i think we'd be in a really different state of what the world looks like and how much people were actually to continue with anything um so the pandemic didn't really you know once once i actually had free time during the pandemic i wouldn't say it spiked a big creative thing necessarily it kind of just was like keep doing what i'm doing um but i am a prepper i love off-grid stuff i love small-scale farming that's one of my uh sort of intense little interests is going in into like gardening and self-sufficiency and stuff and so i was able to lean into that a little more out there which i loved but in terms of music, you know, you had this kind of classical background um, playing the violin. When did you split from that and kind of do your own thing where you realize like, oh, there's this other sort of musical frontier that I can chase after? So everything's been in like little baby steps and trying this and that along the way. So I grew up intensely just classical music and I was like this is weird everyone who wrote this stuff is like hundreds of years dead and from Europe and like I don't really you know it sure isn't Spice Girls I don't know what the I don't know what this is supposed to be um and so then I thought well American music something more fun I don't know and then I ended up getting into fiddling and bluegrass and that kind of stuff and then from there I, at some point when I was a teenager, got an electric violin. That was my first eBay purchase. And so I got an electric violin. And then I started playing in jazz bands and going to like jazz camp and playing all the saxophone leads transposed and uh, learning about the, I don't know, sort of jazz school structure of soloing and how to interpret music through that lens was really cool and so around then I had a friend introduce me to the Velvet Underground and that's when I first got really excited about John Cale and the viola violin uh, string stuff on some of the Velvet Underground music and that was the first time I was really like whoa like oh like you could you could do a rock band thing. That's interesting, you know? Um, and uh, so then in high school, I start playing with friends and stuff and played mandolin a little bit, but nothing super substantial. Um, and then by the time I moved out to Los Angeles, um, like the first night I was there at school at some beach bonfire thing, I met some guy who was like, I want to start a band we should sound like the pixies and i was like everybody wants to sound like the pixies but everybody loves the pixies everyone's but like, doing loud quiet loud it's ever yeah, done like okay like sure whatever so i played in that for like 
a little bit and they were like kind of just wanted me to be like the girl prop and like Ugh. copy all the bass lines and just do very little do the whole chem deal thing well yeah i was just kind of like this isn't really challenging or interesting or fun or whatever but like okay like we've done a rock band like start out something like okay and then around then probably soon after that or something i got a hard body electric mandola one of the airline company they do like a map shape map green bass guitar and like several things in this same kind of body type and so uh getting a electric guitar sounding and playable type of instrument that still had all the muscle memory of what i already know how to play things kind of took off and got exciting and then I ended up playing in um rock bands and then at some point I had a friend who was like you got to come play bass on my album and I was like I don't play bass and they're like shut up yes you do just do it and I was like okay then and so then when I play bass I actually tune the string intervals to be C G D A, how a viola would be and it's just lower and so um I figured out how to be as lazy and do as little as possible, but also get as far as possible with what I want to do and just kind of finding the right instrument or being like, oh, you can just tune it differently. Oh, yeah, it is fun. Oh, yeah, that is kind of easy, I guess. Or like, oh, or just having friends along the way of being like, shut up. Yeah, you can do that. Like, what are you talking about? Like, just do it. And being like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> has gone really far for me yeah where and where did releasing music and making music is bunny money come into the picture in all this so i didn't start doing bunny money and focusing on like okay i'm gonna do the pop star thing until i got back here i started releasing stuff in probably 2017 as bunny money but before that so i was playing in a lot of projects at the same time like i play bass in one band i play mandolin a different i do different stuff um with a lot of projects in la and one of the main projects i was involved in was being a backup dancer for this um project called belly belt and my friend kate did all the music and all the concepts and it's really her thing um, but I was stoked to just be there as a backup dancer. And there's one other backup dancer. And it was a little more like, I don't know, like kids camp counselor style dressing <laughs> than like pussycat dolls, you know? So I think if I say like, oh, I was a dancer, like I'm a dancer or something, people are like, oh, you pole swing and skank or something. And I'm just like, hold on now. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, like that's fine and great. But that this specific thing I'm talking about was not that. There's more than one kind of dancer. Yeah. And so um, it was kind of chaotic and fun. And there were a lot of songs about like eating pizza and, you know, um, it was very comedy driven as well. And so that was just really great and really joyful. And that project and being involved in that came uh, at a time in life when I really needed something uplifting or some sort of, I think, attaching yourself to an aesthetic or a mindset or something can transform your life if you're not feeling it or something. So being in like a, you know, super harsh 
band that has mosh pits every time you know you get in this kind of like like i want to fight somebody like ah. very brooding yeah just kind of this like super dark heavy thing and that's like the vibe and sort of like vampiric and whatever and so doing something totally the opposite was just so refreshing and it's really important to me that i want to make music that's fun the most important part of all of this for me is that it's fun for me and I want it to be fun for everybody else like big time party project kind of thing like I think there is so there's so many topics and so many things you can make art about um and especially for lady driven pop music a lot of it's just about like my boyfriend or I love my boyfriend today or like oh I hate him today or like mm, whereas you know? bunny money songs are about soup yeah like songs about soup songs about basketball wrestling. songs about wrestling like and I sure there'll be some love songs that happen I hope there's some good stuff there too um or love songs about not knowing how to write a love song yeah you know that kind of thing and just spread the content field a little it expand what's possible to make art about and that again it ties back into these songs about the 90s off of get off my lawn the new ep got to get that plug in there while i'm thank you asking the question yes. now yes. available <laughs> on Bandcamp, on oh, deezer yes. i gotta remember to upload the on title yes but especially Deezer. That's the big one. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been on the Ds. Uh, but it goes back into the, like, when have you ever heard pop songs that mention things like making balloon animals or uh, having to do a chore all afternoon because you don't have a dishwasher, which is, I mean, still my reality sadly in this apartment and a lot of rental units here in town oh yes but like when do you ever hear a pop singer take the time to just mention that they're doing the dishes it's what bunny money's here it's for what bunny money's here for yeah where did you get that name from for the project were you just looking for something goofy and it, you kind of fell into it or um well, I was thinking a lot about the vibe, and I like names like Bambi or Bunny that are kind of bimbo-y and, like, kind of for people, but kind of not, or, like, mm, just, like, super cutesy, sweet. And bunnies are my spirit animal in media, just how they are. Everything that you kind of think of, like, Bugs Bunny, Playboy Bunny, like, all that stuff. I was just really like, and I thought, okay, bunny, money. Um, make it rhyme. Yeah, got to make it cute, got to make it rhyme, and then money. I'm also really into you know, philosophical things and sort of the idea that every time someone says bunny, money, or money, money, like it'll bring that back to my life. It'll be like a green magnet that brings financial success and rewards to me. It's You're just putting your affirmations out into the world. Yes. Yes, so if everybody else says them too, then we'll get there. And buy the EP on Bandcamp. <laughs> Bunny Money will make more from it there than streaming it anywhere for a year straight. 
it's probably a free download. <laughs> Come on. Charge for your art. Don't. Never. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm so bad at that. I'm so bad at it. Come on. But yeah. Get those sales. That's true. Give me your money. Bunny money wants the money. All the money. All the money. Or else you'll start counterfeiting and make bunny money funny money. Ooh. Which again counterfeiting it's a crime but you're gonna do it if people don't buy the ep that's a threat you've heard it that's what i'm gonna do although to be fair i made the threat not you so would i be the one in legal trouble we'll deal with that later yeah what's that's a (laughs) we'll see how good the counterfeits are first it's uh we'll see we'll get one of those markers that people use behind the counter and see if it gets that pass yes uh, there is one thing I am kind of s- sort of interested in with the whole thing. I like, let me preface this by saying that no one ever wants to hear someone say, I liked your tweet in person. Like it always feels gross when people come up to me <laughs> and say that. But your pinned tweet on Twitter is talking about how the project is camp. You're doing a bit, you're trolling life. Can you kind of go into that thought process? Bunny money is camp. I'm trolling life. If you don't get the concept, I can't help you. I think it's only happened like one, maybe two times since I've been back in town. But like, my name's Erica. Like, I'm not going to flip out or I'm not confused about my identity here. You know, (laughs) like, I think everyone's very aware this is like a project concept. Like, Katy Perry is not her real name. Like... It's what? Not, yeah, you know, like there's so many people in the entertainment field where this is very normal and like maybe it's a more obvious art handle fake name than others or whatever. But I had someone get like super aggressive in my face and be like, what do you think you're doing to people or something? I'd be like, I, me? Like, this is not a me problem. Like, what? So, yes, you know, sometimes people get confused or don't get it and I really don't know what to do but you did come back to town you said like around last July and you kind of I don't want to say exploding onto the music scene but you have been a very visible part where if you know you go to the loud there are chances that even just you being there as yourself as Erica and whether it be you doing Loved by Erica, you've been a very kind of visible part. Um, what have some of the highlights been since coming back and like the really like memorable like moments within the community you've had so far? Wow. Good question. A lot of nights at the Loud. Shout out to the Loud and everybody there. Had a lot of good times there. Um I don't know, but I will say while we're talking about the loud, it's so weird to me to do shows there and have such a different like headspace and type of life I'm living and doing this because, you know, a good 10 years ago, I was going to the V Club for all the shows and hanging out and dance nights and whatever. And for every open mic I went to, I never never would have got up I never would have performed I never even thought about it or never anticipated that at all and so it's been 
it's been something that makes me feel good about just like the twists and turns of life and like growing up as a person and stuff to feel like I can go there and know that it's going to be a good time and uh, have something I can share from the stage and feel comfortable and stuff has been really cool um, over the years. But specifically the last several months of being in town, uh, well, gosh, there's been a lot. I think the night of the legendary wrestling party was pretty special. That was just a house show situation but that was the reason I wrote the wrestling backyard wrestling song so like anytime I have something like that I get really excited I like making a song for an event if I can one of the other song events was the Christmas Rollerama show where I wrote the rolling up song Go crying to your mama, say I want that Rollerama. If she starts saying Nana, there's about to be some drama. Because um, I was working, I just spent the, a few months just in the fall working at the roller rink, and it was crazy. Um, I'm really glad to have that chapter. But being able to do a show for like the kids that have never seen like a live rap thing before was like really cool. And having an excuse to make a new song for that was pretty special. Um, a lot of good festival days doing pop-up stuff at the loud localization the H-Map. bar none hmaf show was really yeah i think that, that was, was the first like actual performance of y'all's i saw oh man i just got a shout out lil dill mr awful that's the band you know crew i love doing stuff with those guys and um look forward to more things in the future of videos and shows and stuff it's honestly chaotic yeah i don't know so how did you first link up with them then oh boy this is fun (laughs) um so you know you're about to get good story when someone (laughs) says that well um so we'd already talked a little bit ago about how i was teaching remotely um so the fall of 2020 i guess is that true i don't know some semester teaching remotely lil dell ends up being in my class my animation class yeah and he's great love love the stuff he made just thought he was a cool person um and i'd been doing bunny money and it would really stress me out like i'd try and go as long as possible and never mention that i even make my own art or anything to students and if one called me out in class at any point was like hey don't you blah 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 I'd be like ah like the first time it ever happened I totally got just red face meltdown of like oh no they found me online Uh." it's all over yeah I'm gonna get in trouble now yeah yeah always just kind of in the back of my mind like oh god um and so I had been following like Shalem because he makes a lot of noise online doing great you know kind of picking up like oh what's going on locally in music I was living in uh out out in the Farmville but one day the Shalem dropped the video for Renegade 
And that's a really good one. And that was actually filmed by Caden and Dylan. And I happened to just see it on social media and was like, wow, that was great. And I was like, hey, the guys who made that are in my, my stupid class right now. <laughs> so the next time we had class, I was like, hey, guys, saw the video. Looking great. Good on you kind of thing. And this was like halfway into the semester probably. And Dylan goes, wow, thanks. You know, um, we're actually really big Bunny Money fans. And I was like, no! <laughs> Yeah. Caught. Yeah. And he's like, we love that DSL song. And I was like, no. So half the class is like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. got her. And the other class is like, half is like, what do you, what's going yeah, on? Like, what? what? And so I was just like, no. And um, so that was a funny day. And ever since then, I was like, okay, we're cool. Like, we can talk about music. Like, okay, you guys are cool. Like, okay. And I started listening to, Mr. Awful online. I was just being a Spotify rat and found my way to Awful and Dill. Because I'd also found out, I'd somehow found him on Spotify too. I don't know. It was a lot of just being on the internet. Kind of just internet snooping. Yeah. And then, but then when I finally, you know, it was, pro- it was over six months later or something like, he had graduated awful's not been in school for a long time and stuff and i'd come to huntington for a visit and finally met them in person was like oh my god i was like we're all best friends now oh my god (laughs) kind of thing and that just has cracked me up that's happened a bunch of times with people that i had known from online class and then meet in person it's like oh yeah, they're a lot at, of great people. They're at Luffy Fest. One of my coworkers came while I was emceeing, and during the patio party, uh, they lean over to me and just say, "I think I had her for a class Aww. while you, while you were doing in the couch with uh, <laughs> Mr. Awful." Yeah, <laughs> and looking over, explaining like, "Oh yeah, you should you should listen to her song about Huntington now." And <laughs> giving her recommendations based off that yes yeah it it always cracked me up and I don't know I I feel like a lot of students become good friends and that's something weird that I've maybe internalized from my parents as their academic professors as well and they just always talk about being in their 20s and having a really different relationship with academia and their professors and they had a real like studio system environment thing and have sort of a more like I don't know what seems like revered parental relationship with some of their key mentors from early in life that they're you know kept up with and exchanged Christmas cards with for the next like 30 years and stuff and just they have such a more kind of like 70s beautiful approach to like that sort of stuff and so I think it can seem very cold and as a student myself I didn't necessarily feel like it was easy to connect with professors in like a very personal way or it's very like topic limited like mm, whatever and you know certainly me being a good like 20 to 30 years younger than most other professors helps in terms of like 
hey, we both have TikTok. You mentioned in terms of influences and kind of exploring new musical territory, John Kill, Velvet, Underground, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Who are you listening to now when you need to turn to something for inspiration or what are you watching or reading? Like what sort of things do you take in when you're looking for, you know, something to take in? Well, I'd say now I look for things that are high energy. Um, A lot of what I do now is focused on beats and finding beats. And I think I've developed more of a ear passion for doing that. And so I think it's kind of transformed how I listen to electronic music a little bit. So um, I really haven't been super excited about rock band stuff in a while. I haven't really been following a lot of new rock music. I honestly got really burnt out on it, um, going a little too hard for a while. So we've done a big overcorrection. And um, I just think there's so many cool girl rappers right now that are just ready to pop off and go crazy like baby tate bia flo millie dochi um i think doja cat has really laid some track and opened the door for a lot of people um doing kind of similar idea things of internet driven fun girly cool hot um so that's probably what I've been listening to the most is just what is new, who is doing new stuff. And I don't really listen to a lot of older music right now. And um, I feel like I'm in between what I listen to the most right now. You know, when I was doing college radio stuff, I had to listen to so much new rock music while trying to program what's going out over the radio that by the time I was finished, I was just kind of burnt out on it. And then I listened to, like, a lot of, like, bluegrass, Texas singer-songwritery stuff. And, like, now I still do the singer-songwriter stuff. I'm listening to a lot more ambient music made by trans women like specifically that that it's like i i'm looking for that next thing to fall into Mm. because everything's starting to just bleed together yeah i feel that yeah well start with bunny money start with bunny money (laughs) new ep it will already come out by the time this is out get off my lawn true um have you had to tell like a kid to get off your lawn and uh, did it feel good no and i would never speak to a child (laughs) (laughs) not even just Just kidding in a Uh, bad way to speak to a child in general no uh no i just thought it was funny to uh go along with like oh 
talk like Y two K revival is so like, yeah. yeah, like ooh, Y two K revival is so trendy. Ugh. And so I thought it was just funny how like actual nineties like is like ugh, old, ugh, gross, oh <laughs> it and not to keep hitting this like refrain of how specific it is, but I feel like a lot of nostalgia based art is very like pop culture centric in a way that it's like just like hey remember that hey arnold and real crest exist like that sort of thing Mm -hmm. that it's not so much touching on how life in that moment actually was but you have lyrics about spending a lot more time spinning around in the computer chair because the web page is taking a long time to load. And it's very, it's nineties in a life way instead of like a pop culture way. Cool. Wow. I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah. I definitely was just having a lot of intense personal memory wave stuff. I feel like a lot of times I have trouble with memory or pockets of life that I'm like not sure about or whatever. And so one day it just kind of like clicked and I went into this like zone of like, whoa, like a lot of stuff kind of rushed all at once and kept leading to like a next thing and a next thing and like, oh, that thing. And oh, and just, I don't know, trying to remember life before the internet. I think uh, it's, social media has come up so fast that it's been a double whammy of how much life has changed with the internet. I think it was, I I don't remember who specifically said this or if it was just a a Tumblr post in the peak of me using Tumblr, but it's like technology was advancing at like a pretty steady rate, but then a real rapid rate just past you know 25 30 years as long as either of us have been alive that it has been kind of overwhelming and suffocating yes yes and also just thinking how different early computers were to use than needing like your the smartphone DOS code today. to play a game yeah yeah i think uh it was more typical for people who were teens late children I don't know during that time to get into light coding and not really understand that's what you were even doing you know personalize your little angel fire site and your little myspace outfits yeah and so there were things that um I don't know I think if maybe I remember having typing classes to do like secretarial word processing in you know in elementary school and they were all but they didn't realize the teachers didn't realize like oh these kids can code like oh if we just taught them what they're actually doing with you know changing their little glitter backgrounds you know i think there's a opportunity for education better for a career up better than just the typing class yeah but you know people didn't know back then that you could be a living in costa rica part-time programmer making vlogs we had no idea is there anything else you want to add about yourself or your music or your fashion or anything there's a lot more on the way oh 
You know, can, the, can you give us a little hint, a little skloozy? Uh, I'm sitting on a mixtape called Girl Friday and another one called Glitch Hunt. And there's a lot of songs I've started doing live but are not officially out yet, so I'm excited to do that. Um, we'll hopefully have a pretty good LBE drop in the next couple months or something. I've got a lot of custom commission sewing things happening. So if we can get through those, we'll swing back and make stuff for the actual label. But I don't know. I'm, a, I'm in a chaotic whirlwind of just what what is today. When you have two mixtapes on your plate like that, what goes into deciding what song's on what? Is it like the sound or is it the songs are about lyrically like how do you decide what is a a girl friday song and what is uh, uh the other um good question i try to have a balance of party bangers versus more typical pop love songs or whatever like some are like more high energy throwdown than others and so i just keep changing what songs are going to go on which one so i thought oh i'll drop a bangers tape and then another one that's all, all downers singing like light and different uh then i'm like no it should be a mix of both or whatever or like i'm always writing new songs all the time too and i'm like oh well if i put this song on this tape then i should move this one over here and that and that and i don't know but i'm also gonna drop some singles i have one called slice that i'll probably drop soon i wrote a song for lily dwyer uh it's called dire situation uh because lily posted a tiktok recently and she's just like i hate school i hate life my brain is dead it is empty don't ask me anything are just you like, sampling the tiktok in the song i intend to i haven't uh fit it in yet um but we've got the beat picked out we've got all the lyrics i've got to sit down and actually put it together but i think that one's gonna be funny and kind of cool and that one's also a hyper pop beat but it's more like lyrics how you'd expect than the wandering word poem mm -hmm. kind of concept so so we have an ep which is get off my lawn now available we've got two mixtapes various lbe um fashion pieces both commissioned and for the collection is there anything else people can expect from Erica? No. <laughs> no. I don't know. Uh, I like that I'm listing off a pretty sizable list and then being like, give me more. That's not enough. <laughs> Need to work you more. I might be forgetting something. I, I want to start a doom band. I want to start like a doom goth dance project. Uh, and do like a look I know this whole time I've been like rocks over it's Rock. canceled I'm over it but now I'm like actually also actually it'd be kind of fun <laughs> you know um um so maybe that well you do have the perfect guitar for it thank you I miss playing that's for sure Erica can be found on Twitter and Instagram at BunnyBigMoney. If you haven't seen her perform live yet, I would encourage you to keep up to date with her 
and catch a show whenever you can. You're going to have a good time. And if you like today's episode of Commonplace, I ask that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, leave a review, share with a friend. These are free ways to help the show in a big way, and I sincerely appreciate you listening. Thank you. Commonplace is hosted and produced by me, Nathan Thomas. Our theme song is Reshio by Goodwolf from their album Car in the Woods. Stay tuned next week for another episode of Commonplace.